0: Hi, this is Mary H.K. Choi and you're listening to Hey Cool Life, a micropod about mental health and creativity. This is episode 148 and it is August 15th. As you can hear, um, I'm still a little mangled (laughs) voice-wise, but I feel like I'm trying to make a commitment again, 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 to doing this pod a little bit more consistently, and so I'm not using how hideous I sound as, um, an excuse, and it's also funny to say again, 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 obviously you can sense maybe my judgment and shame around that, but, um, it's okay, like, the thing I can only really do is, uh, keep trying, um, Yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about family today. Always. (laughs) That's like, if someone was like, when are you going to stop writing about your mom? I'm going to be like, I don't know, never, probably. Um, But yeah, like something really interesting happened, which is that like when I was in Switzerland for a month, which was the entire month of July, um, because... I think partly because of the time difference, um, like the six hours ahead thing, but also just the absolute geographic distance and how nothing around me from the humans to the cheese to the lake house to, you know, just like the abundance of cows (laughs) Um, made me feel like I was in a place that had anything to do with me and so there was this sort of like really profound distance that was felt not only from New York and like the the very specific pressure of it um that's so ambient like just like the competitiveness and the compare and despair and just you know like the affluence and ambition and success and success of other people that sort of almost feel like a poisonous gas that you can't see you're like it's like seeping into your system and your nervous system is making a reaction and you get so used to it that you don't understand why you feel sort of like run down and depressed all the time and you know whatever that's like one aspect of new york and i i love new york as you know um the abusive relationship that it is but like because in new york felt far away and texas where my mom lives felt so far away where my mom and my brother live i just felt like a little alien and you know it helps (laughs) that i was also like the only asian person for like ages like um for miles and miles and so that was so specific that i felt far from my family and it felt like they were in like an alternate dimension and because of that you know there was this like sort of not like helplessness but just like acceptance around the fact that I couldn't do anything like the second I got to Switzerland like maybe a week in my mom got COVID and you know she is a lung cancer survivor and she had um surgery now like I don't know, like two and a half years ago. And um, that was kind of, I think that was like the beginning of when I started worrying about her in earnest, where like the flip got switched and I was like, cool, like I am now like so ensnared and embroiled and felted to you and your welfare that I can't live my life. And I say that because it's, you know, the way that affects my work is that I pushed my book a year and a half out because in tandem with my mom getting sick and then my dad getting sick and then dying. Like, I just couldn't write the book. And, you know, obviously I've been in a lot of judgment about it. And I think that that kind of showed up when I was in Switzerland, my mom got COVID. And the sort of long chain of worry and calling all the time and, like, getting on a plane and going to Texas at a moment's notice and all this stuff, sort of... The chain of it kind of got severed by my being in Switzerland and I didn't even notice it until two things. One, my mom got COVID and I really felt like I was, like... I was freaked out but I was also, like, freaked out within reason where I was like, there's nothing you can do about it. And I, like, believed that voice. And so that became began an inquiry of like well you know if you started feeling responsible basically slash like almost like at fault for your mom having cancer you know and I felt at fault and I felt guilty I think in a in a way that a lot of people might identify with which is that like I chose my life and my career and my like ambitions and my distaste, let's call it, for Texas at the time. And like I moved to New York and I moved away and so, you know, ergo ipso facto, the cancer is my fault. And and in a lot of ways I want to say that, like I wrote Yoke, I think in almost like a penance to that. Like this like fictional fantasy of a version of it that I wish I had been able to do for my mom and like provide for my mom in the way that the sisters do for each other and I don't know like something just sort of clicked in my brain where I was just like this is not your responsibility there's and moreover there's absolutely nothing you can do about it I mean whatever I spent like six hours um on a VPN trying to figure out if I could get her Paxlovid um through CVS but other than that, that was it, you know? And, and then that led me to understand, like, oh, well, there was nothing you can do about anything all along. And it's, like, that thing of, like, people can say things to you a thousand times, and, like, you can read, you know, the kind of, like, p- platitudes that appear on, like, inspirational mugs or bumper stickers, but it doesn't really hit until it hits, and it just really hit. And so when I got back... <clears throat> you know there was some like drama between my mom and my brother the details of which I won't get into only because you know come see me personally and I might tell you but only because it's like not my fight or whatever but that too I like was protected in this magical force field of like well you can't do anything about it And a little bit like I kind of tested that one where I was just like me like a little bit of a velociraptor testing the electrified fence where I was just like well is that true? And I got on the phone and I talked to each of them and again I was like so protected by this like weird force field meniscus of like guess what you can't do anything about anything. Because it's true it's like not only can I not do anything about illness like I can't do anything about what a person is bringing to the table in in terms of their own opinion their lived experiences and their own you know little steamer trunk of trauma and like how they're interpreting a situation like I cannot change anyone's mind and I don't say that to say like therefore don't you know take on like large political issues like maybe you can inform someone but I think that that's like really fundamentally different from like changing someone's mind and moreover it's just not my fucking business to try to change the minds of people in my family because that's just such a betrayal of their own boundaries whether they are erected or not and so I say this to say that I've discovered this very interesting thing about myself which is that you know long story short that issue with my mom and my brother actually resolved itself between them and now they're like trying this totally different like like actively different shaped um communication protocol like in terms of like how often they're seeing each other what that looks like like intentionality all of it like the most beautiful like emotionally sober version of a thing that they're trying and you know guess what like I had so little to do with it and you know it's in a lot of ways it's like beyond my wildest dreams because I was like really like future tripping about like oh they're gonna stop speaking this is so sad my dad is dead and my remaining family members are estranged and like haven't I had a a tough enough life as it relates to like my family of origin just all this stuff and so it's like kind of beyond my wildest dreams it's not only resolved it's like really beautiful and and like unknown and really willing and abundant and all this stuff and I hate it (laughs) and I think that's the part that is so interesting that I originally wanted to share like 10 minutes into this like very long thing which is a, you know, anything, anytime something really painful or specific happens, Anything, some, anytime something that like really bothers me happens where I take it personally, it feels like an attack, it feels like the end of the world, it feels, and the way I know what that feels like, you know, it's so annoying when people are like, you know you're feeling this I'm like yeah but where in my body because I'm so disconnected I think just from a lifetime of eating disorder and like you know that's like the most overpowering and and like fun thing to play with as it relates to your body and by fun I mean like fucked up basically but like very engaging and so for me that feels like a tightness in my chest this like almost straight jacket feeling of tightness actually around my shoulders like as if someone is like bear hugging just the tops of my shoulders sometimes I will my breathing will become very shallow but not even like panting or hyperventilating just kind of like almost as if I lose interest in taking the rest of the breath because I'm so busy. Like clearly I have, I have something to do. Like this is a crisis. I need to change that. You know, like these are the ways that I know that I'm having a strong feeling. And anytime I have a strong feeling, if I'm emotionally sober, I'm able to be like, okay, well, what's actually going on? Like, what are you bringing to this? Like what part of this is your responsibility? And I don't mean it in terms of like victim blaming, but I also, I do mean it in terms of like, what is, is there anything alterable about your reaction to this? And I say that to say that like this whole time, like anytime my mom would call or anytime I had to do something for her or she would text me something, I would have the most wild nervous system attack where I was just like, there's dread which feels like this like weird um air conditioning sensation in the back of my neck um and like i would like have to tell someone like be really toxic and dump on them about what the problem is and even as i'm dumping on them i realize that like i'm definitely skewing like not lying but skewing the facts to make them seem way more um doomed and I'm noticing that every time I talked to my mom, I would feel that way. Every time I called her, it was like this like thing I had to just get out of the way. Or it was like, I'm calling her because I need to have a positive interaction with my mother, and I deserve it. And I have mother hunger, and like she neglected me, so I can cash this whenever I want. And I'm realizing through this like detachment that came through Switzerland and all this stuff that I'm only interested in my mother when she's being toxic and when I'm feeling attacked by it and I'm feeling overwhelmed by her health and like my responsibility to her and my guilt and shame about being far away and I never would have guessed that about me but the way the way I know that is that now that I know in this moment that she's happy and she's fine and she's being taken care of and that my brother who lives in Texas is very present for her in a way that feels like really wonderful like guess who's like not super interested in calling her and it's not because she's fine it's because or like it's not because like oh I'm off the hook like I feel free it's like no I know that if I call her it's not going to feel dreadful and that's not exciting to me and like that quality that like inner drugstore like I do this thing of also like trying to make myself late and procrastinating just a tiny bit because that's exciting you know it's like me getting high because I don't like drink that much anymore and I don't use other situations and I've been noticing in therapy that because my family feels so good, like, because my dad is dead who and my dad was sick for so long, and that was also really dramatic, like, on some, like, Munchausen by proxy shit, like, now that everything with my family is good, I'm feeling neurochemically depressed. And I feel shame and, like, gross about it, but I'm also so, like, like, wow, like, there it is again, like, there is this, like, horrible, dreadful boredom I have with actual life that started all this shit, like, it's because of that that I started an eating disorder and seeking approval from external people, like, it's because of that I started drinking at such a young age that my memories, you know, that I talked about last time have been largely inaccessible to me, like, it's because of that, like, and the that is i think it's just life i think life is actually really fucking boring anyone who gets sober will tell you that once they're like you know emotionally sober and not using other people to get high anymore that like there's boredom and usually what everyone will tell you especially in 12 step is this is the point at which you need to like help people and be of service and all that stuff and i'm not quite there yet like i feel too stingy for that like that's just plainly how I feel and I'm showing up in like other little ways but I don't know like this is it like (laughs) I think it's just so profound that like I just will get addicted to the worst stuff and the stuff that I never believe is me doing it to me like i think about my mom and for the past like year every time i called her i was trying to force her into a nursing home and like or i was trying to force her into like moving to korea and like she has a whole life in texas and like i'm like why do i you know and like in hindsight it's like why do i feel bad whenever i talk to this woman she's so impossible and like doesn't she know that she's being xyz like i was being such an overbearing nightmare like in any book where my mom is the protagonist, like, I was, like, the crazy like, daughter trying to force her into, like I don't know like, these, like, old people prisons and, like, yeah part of it was because she wanted to live with my dad and my dad needed at that point like, around the clock healthcare but, like, she wanted to take her time and make a decision and I just felt so guilty about living far away that like, every time I would call her, I would be like you know what's going on with this and what's going on with that and did you talk to this like Medicaid lawyer and like that's how I was starting the conversation and like I just like I I was like literally like last week years old before I realized that like it was me (laughs) and so um yeah that's kind of just where I leave it like I don't even know how that applies to anyone but that's never my role because I never know about anything but like I don't know like again without getting victim blamey and without anything like that I think like I just invite anyone who's listening to this who like feels that like very extreme discomfort and like dread and like hateful like just frustration with someone like not hateful but just like not like malevolence but like frustration just to like ask yourself what your role in it and also just like ask how emotionally sober it is because yeah like it might not be you but it probably maybe also is actually let me reframe that I never I never would have dreamt that it was me but in my case it was totally me and being able to see that actually really like lets me go and live my life and start instead of trying to convince this person of this thing that feels so urgent and frustrating to me um so yeah like you know of course like i'm like goldilocks i'm like well this one's too long like okay maybe but um have a gentle day i will talk to you soon